Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiology and nutrition professor, and I'm a bodybuilder. Hey, folks. Rob Fortress Fortney. I'm a journalist, editor, former competitive bodybuilder, and powerlifter. And this is Phil Stevens. I'm the founder of LiftForHope.org, Strength Guild, and I'm a powerlifting competitive Highland Games athlete. Yeah, now we have a, a guest on today, Adelpho Sarami. Hi, Adelpho. How are you doing? I'm good. Yourself? Great, great. Now, um, we got some stuff, though, to... to discuss as usual before we get to Adelpho and uh, the topics of the day and all that type of good stuff. So, Lonnie? Strength and Muscle Sport News. Take it yeah, away. Let's, yeah, let's start with a little bit of science news. Uh, one of the things I wanted to discuss was I mentioned um, the AeroShot caffeine inhaler online recently, and Mike Nelson circulated this thing, and I, it's it's honestly not surprising. Uh, Mike always gets good stuff, uh, uh, but, you know, this is, again, it's, it's something you would almost expect. The FDA is already threatening this company of the, you know, these caffeine inhalers. Um, now, believe it or not, there's lots of breathable products. I mean, I was just looking at thinkgeek.com. They have inhalable chocolate. I, I, I kid you not. It's called Le Whiff. Uh, and anyway, so these guys are selling uh, AeroShot caffeine inhalers. And I just want to read this briefly to you because, again, it, it was a new product. I mentioned it just a couple of months ago. Uh, FDA issues warning letter to makers of AeroShot caffeine inhaler. Uh, this is uh, Tuesday, March 6th, 2012. So this is a fairly new uh, press statement from the FDA. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration today issued a warning letter to Breathable Foods, Inc., makers of AeroShot, for false or misleading statements in the labeling of their product and told the company that the agency has questions about the safety of the quote-unquote caffeine inhaler. The FDA also expressed concern about the use of AeroShot by children and adolescents in combination with alcohol. Apparently, some of their imagery involved alcohol, I think, at least vaguely. Uh, the company claims AeroShot is designed to provide breathable energy anytime, place. The company also claims on its website the product is intended to be ingested by swallowing. And, of course, the FDA has some issues with that because they say it, it might confuse consumers that, you know, instead of swallowing it, they should actually try to breathe it into their lungs, you know, like uh, asthma inhaler, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, of course, caffeine would not normally be inhaled into the lungs. But anyway, so yeah, the FDA is sort of going after the um, AeroShot people, at least with some warning letters. Mm. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention just briefly was um, a little bit of the research I'm doing. Uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I think, that I was collecting data on energy drinks. And um, here's the scoop. I can't help but be just being sort of the science geek that I am. I started analyzing some of the data early. And we're at an N of 16 right now, so it's a good enough sample size that you can make some sense out of it. And um, we ha- we're having people explosively uh, do bench throws or squat jumps because these movements are fully explosive and concentric. You know, there's no breaking at the end like with a traditional bench press or a squat. You literally just throw the bar up the Smith machine or you jump as high as you can. Long story short, we measured several things, and it looks like the energy drink that we're studying actually enhances... Uh, peak power, um, how far the bar travels uh, along the you know the guides of the Smith machine, 
um, and a couple of different variables actually related to explosiveness. So I thought readers or uh, listeners might be interested in that because you know this is directly relevant. I mean, there is some stuff in the you can find in the literature. Most of the caffeine work is about fatigue and endurance exercise, as you might guess. There's a little bit on weightlifting, even one rep max, but in sport, usually it's explosiveness that is so helpful. If you think about a football lineman, it's not just that he can bench 405 very slowly, but if he can explosively push up and away, or a, even a backhand from a tennis player, you know, you get the idea. Or even a power lifter, you know, the rate of force development and the power are big deals. And yeah. there's really no data on this. <clears throat> So I was always really interested in this, you know, again, not the fed fatigue part of the, of the equation at all. So we're looking at men and women. And believe it or not, we were only able to find one study ever on caffeine and women uh, weight trainers. So, uh, you know, we're, so we'll add to the body literature in a couple of ways. So I think this is kind of exciting. I mean, if you think about it, um, you know, a little bit of energy drink uh, before lifting, if you're going to be more explosive and more powerful... That might not just help on a meet day or something, but over time during training, you'd get what my old advisor would call a peak, or a, what he called it a super training effect. You know, where you, if you exceed yourself, what you could do without the energy drink in this case, every day when you go train, eventually you'll be bigger for it. So right. um, anyway, just an update on that. I, I, we're going to share that data uh, this summer. Details at the uh, International Society of Sports Nutrition Conference in Clearwater, Florida. But you know, I just wanted to get it out to listeners, you know, already. I'm not going to spoil the data because I want to obviously publish it in a, in a scientific journal. But um, that's the bottom line: is energy drinks actually do help with weight training explosion. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And I got some food news, not not just bacon <laughs> news. Um, we'll for caloric intake news, um, and it's sadly they're both from from other countries. Our, our Canadian brothers up there with with uh, Rob will be lucky to hear that Pizza Hut. Has come out with a hot dog stuffed crust pizza. <laughs> I heard of And it's that. only available in Canada. Ooh, I might try that. <laughs> okay. Oh, nice. So we can't even get a hold of it down here. And even better, now in Japan, Burger King has began offering for, for 110 yen, which is $1.24, you can add 15 strips of bacon to your hamburger. You are kidding me. No, for $1.24. And some guy Fantastic. took it overboard. He, some guy went in there and he got 70 of the 15 strip upgrades. So it came up to 1,050 strips of bacon on his Whopper. <laughs> Have a little Whopper with your bacon. <laughs> and one of, my, one of my clients here is a, like a physicist and, and a math major, and she added it up, and it was like after cooking, 13.25 pounds of bacon. It's horrendous. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, wow. So I don't want to hear the Japanese people, our Japanese listeners or our Canadian listeners harp about they can't gain weight because you have two new <laughs> caloric... Intake uh, possibilities that we don't have in the United States. No doubt. I feel I can tell you're jealous. I am. A dollar fifteen. You're for, hacked off for fifteen strips of bacon. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, Phil, I'm going to send you a cartoon. You've got to see. It's an old guy standing at a fork in the road, and on the right it says Fountain of Youth, and on the left it says Fountain of Bacon, and underneath <laughs> the, it says Give me a minute. <laughs> nice. He's got to think about. Yeah, it. that's a good one. <laughs> anyway. A um, couple things to say. We got some nice uh, emails, as usual. Um, one from a gentleman who actually invited me down to uh, train with him, which is pretty cool. I actually get quite a few of those. Um, I'd love to train with any of you guys. The problem is I, I can't be flying my ass everywhere. So if somebody wants to sponsor me to fly out, I'll train with you. Then we can go and, or you can come up here, so that way we can go over to Pizza Hut and get some uh, 
wiener-filled crust over at Pizza Hut. Great. <laughs> the other nice one we got is from uh, Andrew Zook, and he was just saying about uh, Long and I were on the show last week, and we were uh, talking to the two uh, gentlemen that um, competitive bodybuilders uh, that Lonnie had on, um, and he was just congratulating. And this uh, Andrew Zook just was congratulating Lonnie and I for uh, allowing these guys to, uh, you know, um, tell all about you know their preparations. Well, you know, they're not professionals, and they haven't been at it for many years, but. Um well, I can tell you, Rich has won first place in, I think, every show he's been in. So, you know, these guys are, it's good to have mid-level amateurs on. You yeah. can learn a lot from these guys. It's fun to talk to the different uh, strategies they have and all that sort of thing. So, you know. Right. And, and, and as I responded to uh, Andrew in, in the email when he sent it to me, I was just saying that, um, you know, to, to those people out there who have been at it for a long time, I'm sure I, I'm not telling you something that you don't need, you don't already know, but... You know, listen, listen to young people sometimes because sometimes they'll uh, say things that you maybe have never considered or maybe haven't considered for many years. Um, and as I'm always saying, it's always good when you, the more advanced you get, sometimes it's, it's, it's good to keep trying to remind yourself of how you were at one time because sometimes the academia of it all and the, the, the experience of it all and the history of it all as it racks up can start, um, you know, throwing dirt on, on right. you know, the original impetus of the whole thing, which was just kind of that, you know, <laughs> glee and excitement of going to the gym and moving. It's like you said, you try to remember, you always try to keep part of the young fortress, you know, the, that initial passion within yeah. you. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's that, you always try and strike that nice balance of, of the, you know, the experienced veteran that you might be or are, you know, with, with the person who maybe didn't know really a hill of beans of what the hell you were doing, but my God, you had enthusiasm, you know, and, and that will take you alone very far. Um, so anyway, yeah, so that's that. Now the other news I have is actually, Bad news, and this is further to what we were talking about, Lonnie, you and I, last week. Um, and coincidentally, last week, Thursday, was, was when we recorded the show, um, Bob Kennedy passed. Robert Kennedy of Muscle Man International oh, died, so yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of a sad time in the bodybuilding world now because that's, uh, you know, we've lost Ben Weeder, um, you know, um, amazingly before Joe, but anyway, Joe is still with us. Um, that is amazing, and, yeah. And Robert Kennedy is now passed on. So what that means for the future of Muscle Mag, I, I'm not entirely sure. Certainly his uh, new wife, uh, Roscoe Tino, or um, whatever her name is, um, she's obviously now going to be in there along with the, the guys who have been kind of steering the ship for the last several years, which are a lot of ex-weeder guys. Right, yeah. So I don't know, but it's uh, certainly will never be the same, regardless. And, and you know, Johnny Fitness... Um, you know, the longtime editor-in-chief, who's now more of a figurehead than anything, he's, of course, getting on and, and spending less and less time at the magazine, and, and him and I are actually quite tight. So, like I say, I don't know what that bodes well for, like, RK <laughs> Publishing and all the different magazines that fall under the RK Publishing empire, which is, of course, Muscle Mag, um, you know, Oxygen, all those types of magazines. But, like I say, um, as one who used to be employed by Bob and, knew him quite well, um, I can tell you that it'll never be the same. It, it can't be, no matter how much they try and, you know, right. I, I'm not saying it's going to be better or worse. It just can't be the well, same. Well, that's what I was just thinking, you know, and it's just more and more indications at the end of the golden era in a lot of ways. You know, these are the people who formed our opinions, I think, of the sport. So. Oh, absolutely. So, okay. So sad news, sad news. He was yeah. 73, um, and the, the cancer got him, which just goes to show it doesn't really matter what you do in the final analysis 
what's going to get you is going to get you. And uh, I can tell you flat out that I saw him train like a demon day in, day out, and he never stopped. He loved it. So, uh, you know, but, you know, he uh, he lived a good life, and he, like I said, he certainly uh, achieved a monumental amount in the industry in which he, you know, placed himself. So, you know, uh, hats off to Bob Kennedy and, uh, you know, condolences to his uh, family. Okay. Adelfo, man. Adelfo, yes. Right on. Let's, uh, let's get you're some up, background. You're up, Adelfo. Huh? What's going on? All right. Now, um, no offense to you, but our listeners are not going to know probably who you are. So let's just start from bare bones because, quite honestly, I don't know a lot about you. So um, tell us hey, about I'm yourself. Just Googling, I'm Googling you guys right now and trying to oh. figure it out myself. Yeah. All right. So we're all <laughs> trying to figure out everybody's deal. No, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Now, you have some... Um, you know, you have some specific challenges to yourself as well. I mean, you're a bodybuilder, of course, and, and the reason why you ha- we have you on is because um, a friend of yours actually contacted me about possibly having you on because uh, the inspiration that, that you probably will provide to people um, about your, again, specific situation. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Adelpo. Um Well, um, I'm an amateur body uh, wheelchair bodybuilder. Um, I live out here in... Uh, the California area. I've been bodybuilding for about, I'd say maybe three, three solid years. I started back in 08 and my injury was around, um, oh, late 05, so 06. And then once I kind of, you know, started trying to find my calling or my purpose, you know, after my injury, I kind of found it, you know, with, with, with lifting weights. And then eventually it took me to competitive bodybuilding. Right. Now, how old are you again? Uh, 29. Okay, and, what, and if you don't mind me asking, what was your accident? Um, this car accident when okay. I was about, I'd say, I think maybe 22, 23. Um, just, you know, the usual being young and dumb and, okay. you know, while, while being in a vehicle, so. And what, what was the unfortunate result of that accident? Um, just, uh, a buddy of mine were, uh, uh, buddy of mine were kind of, uh, both uh close friends so haven't best friends actually and haven't seen each other i mean he was playing football down down south and i was you know doing my thing with work and we finally got you know kind of a little vacation where we kind of both met up and Mm -hmm. uh just kind of just you know we're having a few drinks going from bar to bar and then eventually it's kind of we had the bright idea to uh drive down to mexico to see what was going on down there and obviously we, we didn't make it so uh um, just a, a little, I'd say a little intoxicated. So, but fortunately it was just, you know, uh, it was just me and, and no one else was involved. So, um, okay. yeah. So what did happen to you then? Um, I was, uh, ejected out my car, uh, thrown into a tree and that's how I broke my back. So I was left, uh, T12 paraplegic. So for those of you that don't know, it's basically, uh, paralyzed from the waist down. Okay. All right. Um, so I'm sorry, was this, this was a little bit after you had discovered weight training? Um, well, I've always been athletic. I, I played, you know, I've, I played ball, um, since I, football since I was a little kid. So, I mean, I, I've had experience with, with training and, and, you know, my work ethic and all that, but I just didn't really get into the whole nutrition and being able to kind of the whole nutrition manipulation and being able to do all that until I started getting into bodybuilding. Right, so. right. So what was your, uh. What was your mindset after the injury? How, how psychologically, how, how were you and how did you find yourself able to cope? 
I mean, at first, just like anybody else, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know, I, I cried, I, you know, knowing that I wouldn't be able to when, you know, when the doctors told me that my chances of walking again were pretty grim. I mean, just like any other human being, you know, I, I, I broke down, I cried, you sure. know, I kind of just looked back and realized that I wouldn't be able to go back to my old job. You know, I used to be a wildland firefighter, so I, I realized I, you know, there's no more, uh, climbing mountains and hiking for me, you know, and just, just the whole reality of it. But, you know, after the crying and everything was done and, you know, the whole, you know, couple days of like, why me stuff, you know, I kind of was, you know, I, I had to look at myself in the mirror, in the hospital mirror. I grabbed one of those hospital mirrors, kind of looked at myself and I said, you know what, this is the cards you were dealt and you have either two directions. I said, you either, you know, you know, be a man about it and, and play the card you're, you're dealt and see, you know, what you could do or, you know, see it as a challenge, use it as a challenge and see what you could do. Or you could, you know, take the other lane, which is, you know, be depressed and uh, just mope about it, which will, you know, do nothing. You'll just make yourself feel worse. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, it's just going to be you. So I, there, it was just only two options for me. And, you know, I decided to take the, uh, you know, the other, the other route. So. Right. Now, did you do you find that the weight training bodybuilding has acts as a sort of therapy for you towards uh, that type of thing? At, at first, at first it did. You know, it was just kind of like um, it, it gave me a lot of freedom again, and just it just felt liberating and and knowing that there there this is something I can control. Um, but at first it was yeah, it was as a therapy. But now it's it's more of a just like how anybody else trains, you know, uh, you want to get bigger, you uh, want to get stronger, you want to, you know, you want to look good, um, and and yeah, I mean that I I live for those reasons, not no not so much more uh, for for therapy to cope with what I, what I'm dealing with anymore. That was just for the first couple months, but now it's just you know just how anybody else why anybody else would you know want to lift. All right, how many competitions have you been in? In. Um, I've done, let me see, eight, one, two, three, four, four so far. Okay, and how, and what was your best placing? Um, well, the first one, I don't really count that because there was no competitors, so I don't count that at all. I don't okay. really, I don't dig, uh, winning, winning by default, so, uh. <laughs> right, sure. Yeah, you know, that's just like, you know, that's like, you know, I, I work hard <laughs> for it and I don't, you know, I'm not there for pity clap, so, um. Yeah, I don't count that. So my first, uh, the second one after that, I placed in the wheelchair nationals, third in the middleweight. Um, and then in the Buckeye, natu natural Buckeye in 2011, I placed second. And then this, this recently, this couple weeks ago at the Florida nationals, I placed, uh, second again. So still trying to look for my overall a first placing or an overall win. So hopefully I could, I could, uh, I could grab that in a couple weeks when I do the USA wheelchair nationals in, or the wheelchair, wheelchair championships in, in New Orleans on June 23rd. Rob, Rob, if I can ask Adolfo, so, um, maybe explain to listeners what, um, you know, how you prepare, what are the, how do the competitions differ from, you know, non wheelchair bodybuilding? Um, how how they how they judges or just just hold the yeah, division yeah judges or you know uh, how you prepare to get on stage how you present yourself all that kind of stuff well it's basically just 
just how any able body would prepare themselves. They have to obviously, you know, uh, you know, give themselves times of prep, you know, with their nutrition, their training. Um, and then obviously the only difference is that we don't get to wear posing trunks. We just wear like, you know, colorful sweats and, you know, stuff like that. Right. So, but the posing routine, the posings are almost the same. I mean, we do, uh, front double bicep, you know, uh, the front abdominal pose, the lat spreads, the side chest, everything just minus minus the the leg poses, um, and we're we're just basically we're just judged from the waist up, um, but basically mostly basically the same as able bodies, just you know being in a chair. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, let's take a, a quick break, uh, and when we get back, then we'll do the topic of the day. Right. Sounds good. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So... Uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website, and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. This is Jim, owner of the longest locally owned gym in Winona, The Boardwalk which I'm proud to say now has the most variety of cardiovascular machines. Our latest addition, four new lifetime ellipticals, easy on the joints, low impact on the knees, while getting a full body workout at our same unbelievable low prices. Only at the boardwalk, with an alive sound system, we're not just a gym, we're an experience. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Welcome back, Iron Radio listeners. This is Lonnie, Phil, and myself, Rob Fortress-Fortney, and we're with our guest, Adelfo Sarami, and we're going to uh, now get into the topic of the day, which is overcoming challenges. Um, and this is challenges of any type. And um, for those of you who have been listening since the beginning of the show, certainly our guest today has had his share of challenges to overcome uh, physical limitations uh, brought on by an unfortunate automobile um, accident. And this could be any type of challenge, whether it be a, you know a, a mental challenge or a, you know for somebody who suffers from depression or any sure, of those types. Yeah, of physical, or, social, financial. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of any, things anything. Have to I mean, in your case, of right. course, it's that you're you know missing the use of your lower half of your body. I mean, but yeah. for again, for anybody, it could be any number of things. Um, do you think before anybody kind of gets into it, they have to kind of get their head? right into the game and 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 then again that might be defined as anything for any individual but do you think the psychology is is the most important thing for Definitely. somebody I, I think so i mean 
you you have you, you first of all you have to want to whatever it is you have to it has to be in your heart you have to be passionate about you have to want to do it I mean you know if there there's no point in me being a bodybuilder or wanting to compete if I I, I could care less about it you know it has to be it, it has to be something that you want to do I mean you know if you don't want to do it then why do it so that that first has to be you know your mental state is you you have to want to get it you have to want to whatever it is pursue it it has to be in your heart to do it yeah and er- earlier when we were actually interviewing you Adelfo I, I I made mention of the fact that you know I asked you if whether you know the the weight training in in and of itself kind of helped you in kind of a therapy type way and I, I certainly everybody knows that and this has been bantered about for decades now that, you know, people who deal with people who are even, you know, suffer from mental conditions like depression and so forth, that physical yeah. activity is actually, you know, very much um, prescribed as being something that's very helpful. So, um, yeah, from, from the psychology end of things, I, I, it might be the hurdle to get into it if you're suffering from that type of thing or if you feel somehow that, you know, what's the point because, like, in your case, you know, I can't use my lower half of my body or somebody else might. Yeah. For whatever reason, right? But I mean, it's, 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 once you actually get going into it, 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 for more people than not, it, it seems to be that it results in becoming, you know, if not the sole therapy, um, at least a part right. of the therapy. Well, you know, Rob, I think there, there's two ways you can look at that. One would be like the physical therapy side of thing, or like what you're saying too, right? Literally psychological kind of thing. And I'll right. tell you, I was just talking with, uh, a senior exercise physiologist last weekend at a conference, okay. and, he was really emphasizing, he's the only exercise physiologist that I know that repeatedly emphasizes the mental benefits of exercise. And, you know, I would, of course, lean toward the weight training end of that spectrum. But uh, if people are interested, this stuff is, you know, Rob, you're sort of alluding that lots of people, more often than not, you know, benefit from this sort of thing. That if you can somehow get started with the right social support or whatever it is, even if you are suffering from uh, you know, depression or anxiety or something like that, or whether it's financial or physical or whatever it is, with the sure. right kind of support, you get going. And things, more often than not, like Robert is saying, it will start to roll in your direction. I mean, the uh, the 2008 uh, Physical Activity Guidelines for Americans, there's part of that website, for those of you who want to get a little bit deeper, not just for the consumers, but actually for professionals. There's all of these scientific resources and papers documenting how valuable exercise is for, uh, you know, mental states, too. And let's face it, oftentimes stuff like you're talking about, Rob, whether it's a, a mild depression or something, it will accompany financial challenges or social or physical right. challenges, you know. Right. So this is huge mental therapy. Exercise is huge mental therapy. We've talked on the show before about how it's corrective for diabetes and things like that. But I think it's also very important that, it's it's a, a mind strengthening endeavor, and I know Phil's you know, mentioned that before as yeah. well. So, mm-hmm. and you know, and humans tend to be prone. I mean, let, let's let's not uh, you know call it some other way. The fact is, is that humans tend to be um, you know have, have a predilection towards addictions and uses of substances, and I mean, this has been going on since the you know the beginnings of time. So, um, and I find. That a lot of people, I mean, the truth of the matter is you hear some people saying things, and I've said it before, you know, like, you know, my weight training is my drug. And, you know, on one side, you kind of, like, giggle about the whole thing. But on the, on the other side, in truth, I don't think in a lot of people's cases I can say it's certainly my is, but that's far from the truth. You know, yeah. the whole idea of 
the physical activity itself being kind of, you know, um, a substitute for, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that I'll, I'd be a cokehead because I didn't train. That's not, that's not what I'm suggesting, right. but, but, um, you know, I mean, it, certain amounts of, you know, substance use and addictions in my family certain run rampant. And like I said, I'm not saying I would necessarily be, fall that route right. as well. But there's but, a genetic component to that too, you know. Well, so. sure. So, you know, and so really, I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily the, the addictions, but what exactly they are and how, you know, and how you can, you know, format that in your life and make it something that's not all-encompassing, but rather a part of your life. And if, if exercise is, the, it is your quote-unquote drug of choice, you know, it's substituting for something like, you know, again, drinking too much, smoking, uh, whatever it may be, you know, eating too much fast food, whatever it is, then that's all the better, of course, because, right. you know, I mean, in, in the in the continuum of addictions and, and this type of thing, certainly going out and you know, working working away your predilection towards those, or your frustrations of life, or your depressions, or whatever they may be. Certainly well, I think out. you know, Rob, with the weight training, one of the things that I think has to bring this back to Adolfo a little, I think, is you know, you have to develop a passion for it. Oftentimes, we've had people on the show. I think who was it? Was it a? I think it was Alwyn Cosgrove saying about when people first start to exercise, it's it's sort of uncomfortable and. They they don't like it if it's presented to them in you know in the wrong way you know and things like that. But I'm actually interested, Adolfo, in, in what turned you on to the bodybuilding. I mean, obviously there was some reward or feedback or something good about it, right? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I've I've always been pretty before I got into bodybuilding. I mean, I've had a pretty you know decent you know uh, athletic background. I I've been playing football all since you know since I was probably like 10, 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm no stranger to the gym and, and lifting weights. And then after, um, even, even after, you know, um, after sports was done with me, I, even my, my, um, past, uh, job, I would say being a wildland firefighter was still pretty, uh, it was a physical job. So, um, you know, I still did physical work, uh, lifted, uh, ran, hiked, um, so I, I was still pretty active even after, you know, after playing, playing sports. So after my injury, um, kind of, I, I was looking, I, I would say I was, I was, I was looking for an outlet to be able to, um, kind of feed my competitive, I, I, I guess you'd say competitive hunger or the urges I had. Um, I, I had kind of an itch to, to do something competitive, uh, to at least or maybe showcase my athleticism and, um, I was I was looking for different things like that you know that wheelchair I guess wheelchair sports had to offer. I was you know the first thing I, I first I wanted to do is uh, have you guys ever seen that movie uh, Murder Ball? Yes. Yeah. I, I I when I first saw that I wanted to do that, but then I come to found out after you know doing my research and calling around that it's only for guys who have C injuries, which is basically neck injuries. So paraplegic guys can't do that sport and there isn't any um any leagues for it so that so that was out of the question um not really in the basketball i mean i sucked at it in you know when i was an able body so i i I probably guess i suck at it being in a wheelchair um um and you know tennis was out of the question Uh, i'm not gonna do that and the last option for me was uh I saw, you know, just started looking through YouTube videos and just saw these uh, pretty jacked guys. I was just like, you know, how how is this possible? And then I kind of just 
you know, kept looking and reading into it, and eventually, you know, the seed got planting in my brain, and um, just kept dwelling on it and thinking about it, and eventually I told myself, you know what, I could do it. So started looking into nutrition, um, started just kind of self-teaching myself about dieting and how to manipulate, you know, learning about protein, carbohydrates, fats, uh, you know, the whole nine, and eventually just just started. Snowballed, yeah. Yeah, just snowball effect and the passion for, you know, just the whole physical culture grew and then uh, started networking with a lot of, you know, awesome people and and it just rolls from there. So, you know, I'm well, you, fr- no, I was just going to say, Duffo, you must be fairly gifted, though. You're competing at a high level. I mean, so you must you must have good muscle shape. This can't just be like, oh, I, I picked bodybuilding sort of at random from a couple of different sports. I mean, obviously, you you have a gift for, for bodybuilding. I mean, a lot of people tell me that I, I have the, I have the, I mean, I, I don't really, you know, I, I guess I'm just, you know, kind of just don't see it. But a lot of people tell me that they see that I, I have pretty, when they look at my symmetry and everything, that I, I have pretty good genetics for it. So I'm, I, I guess, yeah. Cause you know, I mean, let's face it, a lot of people, you know, they train their, their butts off and either because they haven't educated themselves properly or whatever, they just never look like much. I mean, you know what I mean? They, regardless of, of their physical, you know, state, they, they kind of look like hell. So not everybody is, is going to get, you know, rewards. I think it really is. Like, when I first found out about nutrition and, like, manipulating your, the way you eat and everything and how that itself, like, almost 85% of it is how you eat. I mean, I, it was just like how I explain it to people. It was just solving a math problem because I suck at math. So, you know, how you get those, problems that you just don't can't figure out and right you know and just finding the formula to it and and being able to i mean before i was when i was an able body i never had a six-pack before i was more of a bulky kid you know i i've always thought that was my genetic uh genetic capabilities was you know what i could put on a lot of muscle but i'm never i don't think i have the genetics to be uh as as lean or ripped so like that was when i was an able body that was my my mind state is you know what i'll just Eat, eat whatever I want and then just hit the weights and just go for that, you know, just go for that bulky, uh, bulky look. And right. I, I never really knew that I had the potential to get really, really shredded until, I mean, being in, you know, being in a wheelchair. So, um, yeah, I mean, I look much better now as I, as I do now than I was as an able body. So it's kind of crazy. So what about your, you mentioned nutrition quite a bit. How is, do you think your diet differs from other competitive bodybuilders? I mean, do you eat less or more overall, or is there anything different you think you would do well, that it, if you know, regardless of the wheelchair status? Well, right now I'm doing um, my my protocol, which I've I've found a lot of success in, is uh, intermittent fasting. But just like everybody else, when you first start dieting, you follow the whole you know conventional low low carb, low fat, you know high protein and then eventually um i started reading more and then i i got into you know the whole um low carb high fats deal after reading the anabolic solution by um dr moro de pasquale sure and then from there i just you know i just it just grows and builds you 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 apply what works you apply what doesn't you mix up you you just kind of mix everything you've learned and and that's what i kind of doing now with the whole intermittent fasting is just you know, implement some day, you know, um, surround my carbohydrates around my workouts, especially post-workout, um, rest days, more of a low carbohydrate, 
you know, high fats, just fruits and vegetables. Um, so it, it's just applying what works and what doesn't. Right. How about cardio? How, how, how are you doing, doing your cardio? Yeah. Uh, cardio sucks. I don't do it. <laughs> uh, really? Okay. No, I, I rarely do it. It's just, I, I just, I, I don't. I mean, and if I do, it, it'll be just like 15 minutes of just going hard on the heavy bag um, or swimming real hard for like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't really, you know, do cardio. Yeah, mostly now, diet. Oh. Now, how do you actually get lean enough then? I mean, you can't be just through diet. Do you actually, it, it, <clears throat> as you get get closer to a competition, do you, like, you know, implement, like, you know, very brief rest periods and do more of a kind of a quality training type program or higher reps? What do you do? No, I mean, for this, um, I don't know if you could see the pictures that when you accepted, but for that competition, um, I mean, the only time I ever did cardio was probably like when I was three weeks out, but most of it is my, most of it is my, uh, my nutrition. Um, and I, I wouldn't say high reps because I, I lift, I, throughout my whole contest prep, you know, I, I do like EDTs and five by five. So I'm lifting really heavy, um, you know, kind of low. I, I, I say, I guess you can say low reps, but the intensity is pretty high. Right. Interesting. You know, just to kind of change gears again and go kind of swing back to what we were <clears throat> talking a little bit about earlier, um, it does seem like certain individuals have more of a, of a need to almost um, find something to channel their physicality through than others. Um, I'm, I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Some people just kind of go through life and they, they don't really have – you can tell that they don't really have any connection to the physical their physical being. Um, yeah, well, you know how the old phrase like some people are are, are lovers and some are fighters kind of thing, and you know yeah. what I mean. I think yeah, you're right. I think a lot of the people, I'm sure a lot of our listeners too, and it sounds like Adelphos in that same group is you, you got a little bit of that medieval warrior, and you and like we were joking with Phil years ago, or months ago, you're not going to go cut someone down with a broadsword and actually go to battle. So you got to find a way to do battle, you know. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just saying, you know, for these types of people, I mean, obviously that's for, for a number of reasons that's that's a great thing to have, but certainly for the, the people who have that need, um, that's a that, that can wind up being something that's a lifesaver for a lot of people. Certainly, people like Adelpha who you know gone through such a life changing event, um, you know, that at first, as he stated, you know, can I have you kind of standing at, at, at again to use a phrase you were using earlier, a fork in the road where you're like. You know, I can be, feel sorry for myself and just kind of give up on everything, or I can, you know, fight back and, and do something about it. And if you have that kind of connect, connection to yourself uh, on a physical level, then you can, you know, find something then to challenge that. And, and I mean, let's be realistic. That, that, that's like we keep using the word, but the, the therapy, the physical therapy of, you know, putting your all physically into something and being spent or fatigued at the end of it. And, you know, not only that, but feeling, you know, a, a pride and, Satisfaction and the effort that you put into something that you know can go a long way towards you know enabling yourself to heal in in, in lots of ways. Well, yeah, yeah, I was going to say regardless, this isn't just a, a physical limitation kind of thing, but it, it, that could be social. You know, people who are awkward, socially awkward or or isolated or financial. You know, and people. I think a lot of people are. Life is a series of trials. You know, here's here's your your new challenge, and you you either people go one way or the other. And again, I don't know how much of that's genetic, how much of that is because of the social support. I'm sure, it's all these things together. A lot of it but, could be yeah. upbringing too. Just yeah. Oh, sure. Up, you know, just I mean, I, I was fortunate to to have you know a, a tough 
you know, a, a tough father that, you know, really was strict on me and, and, you know, I, I was able to have some pretty, you know, there's not much of them, but some, some decent mentors such as like teachers and coaches and stuff like that. And I think also, I think just being uh, involved in organized sports really helped, you know, just with the whole mentality of, of being just tough, mentally tough when, you know, rough situations or, or, uh, trials and tribulations come along. So I, I think a lot of it has to do with upbringing too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's like that, you know, that old phrase, the winner is the person who lasts just a few seconds longer than everybody else, you know, that makes the choice <laughs> right. not to quit. Yeah. Right. No, that's a great quote actually. I've never heard it that. is. I mean, and the winner is the person that when, you know, when they face adversity, you're going to get kicked down. Everybody's going to get kicked down at some point. You have two choices, stand up or, or stay down. Right. And, yeah. you know, that kind of defines the person. You know, in, I remember Batman, he, what does he say? He says, uh, why do we fall down, Bruce, so we can learn to get back up? Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. very cool. Sad sight to see. I mean, just somebody, I mean, have you guys ever seen just somebody just rock bottom when you, there's some, I don't know, wherever on the bar or on the streets, have you guys ever seen someone like that? Just kind of just, you could tell it's just they're down on their luck and just feeling sorry for themselves. It's, 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 it's a sad, oh, yeah. it's a sad sight and I just, you know, I, I just, when I look at myself and I'm just like, you know what, that that's not me. You know, I can't mm-hmm. do that, you know. So it's, that's another motivating factor. Yeah, you know, is. Just knowing it's that. It's true. Ultimately, it's a choice. You, you know, it, it it's is. almost a yes-no choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's no. a choice. People, people, you, you choose to be depressed. It's not, there's, yeah. there's no issues making you depressed. You choose to be. I mean, yes, you could be out of a job. You could, this could Well, be I'm going to disagree with you a little bit there. Well, brain chemistry aside, right? right. Okay. Well, if you're just talking about like, because because we do have to make, you know, the distinction that there's two types of depression. There's situation depression, and then there there could be like you know a physiological right, you know, my, right, my aspect to it. Certainly, on the former, then yeah, you can make that choice. But some people don't have that choice, you know. Okay. But, but regardless, the choice that you do have is to try and do something, um, you know. To left or right of that issue <laughs> to try That's and alleviate. True. The, the choice remains, even if your brain chemistry is working against you, even if you go through a period of medication to, you know, I've always considered, uh, antidepressants as sort of, um, a, a crutch to take some of the pressure off, right? So you can start to rethink things, uh, you know, on even footing on level ground. Just like a, a physical crutch might help take the weight off of a bone while it heals, you know, antidepressant meds can do that while you, you know, get your, you know, get, uh, Mental habits in order, you know, get counseling, get get yourself, you know, uh, on the right path without some of those thinking loops that could otherwise occur. You know, right. so, I, so I appreciate what you're saying totally, Rob, that it, there is a, a, a chemical side of things, too. But ultimately, on some level, at least, there's always some level of choice, I would think. Abs- you know? No, I, absolutely. And, and, you know, talking to what I'm saying here about, you know, people who don't have a choice about depression – Yes, you might not have a choice about your again your you know, tendency to kind of slip into depressions, um, you know, either frequently or infrequently. But what you do have a choice to do is to you know weigh the options to the left or right of that central issue, and um, you know, and hope that that bleeds over some positivity into that. And that that's basically what I'm talking about, you know, in the overall scheme of it. Well, and to the point, I mean, resistance training is is, is just so naturally helpful to that i think you know like i said there's tons of science about exercise in general but i think something about bodybuilding or power lifting is so empowering you know you look down you're like holy crap are those my guns you know or 
you know, yeah. like well, like Phil, you know, imagine, you know, pulling a new weight off, the, as, especially in early stages, you're putting 20, 30 pounds on your deadlift every yeah. couple of months. You're like, woo! I mean, you're literally becoming like a superhero, you know? And I mean, that's more empowering, at least to me. Now, we've said this before, I'm biased, and I think we all are as far as weight training, but that's way more empowering to me, I would think, than just being able to, uh, I don't know, run a little further, maybe, or something like that. Although, having said that, yeah, we're, we're biased, but I mean, it, there also has to be the understanding that to somebody who is a runner, that, you know, that is their deal, so. Oh, I'm um, sure it can be almost religious for them, too. Yeah. Well, I, I could guarantee you it is, you know, and yeah. so the thing is, you have to kind of find what that thing is for you and, um, and you know, and, and really move towards that because, you know, for a lot of people, um, life itself is, is not the motivator for living. You know, for a lot of people, and again, we were, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like shadowing the whole depression issue again, but, you know, for a lot of people, the, the motivation for living is not life, you know, to put it the other way. It, it, it's the distractions, you know, and distractions can be either good distractions or bad distractions. You know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with distractions, you know, because think about it. If you are somehow chemically depressed or have that in your makeup, um, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's, you know, you, the uh, person's choice to commit suicide or not is their own, in my opinion. But if you do choose to continue on with your life, sometimes, um, the only thing that's going to make it worthwhile again is the distractions. So, you know, and you have then have a choice again. Are your distractions positive or negative? You know, well, negative, you know, you're, you're getting messed up on, you know, <laughs> drugs all the time or, parting your ass off to the point where, you know, or you're doing something again where you're, like like Lonnie's saying, right, oh my god, I just lifted that off the floor, oh my god, you know, look at how I'm looking now, and tomorrow I have to do this, and it's a distraction. I mean, because so much of life is a distraction, right, whether it be a marriage, or a work, or again, your sporting enthusiasms, or whatever it is. So... Yeah, you know, I, I think of the old Zen phrase, which is uh, something along the lines of challenges cannot possibly be good or bad challenges are simply challenges you know and, and trying to remove some of the uh, emotional attachment and just being able to look at something like a challenge and make a choice and then move forward you right. know and and that kind of thing so what is your family adelfo uh think about your bodybuilding um they they actually us uh, are, are they support me they they like it um they they don't really uh they think i'm crazy sometimes with with my dieting but uh but for the most part they're they're pretty supportive and they they like what i'm doing now you know like what are what are the specific challenges you have like i mean do you, the gym where you train is it is it um very wheelchair accessible did you have to um make do with what was available to you i mean i mean these are these are things that most people most um you know fully able bodied people don't consider but I certainly knew somebody several years back when I lived in the States who was in a wheelchair and, you know, kind of opened my eyes to, like, all these little tiny details that you don't really think about, right? You think about the big things when you're able to, right. right? Yeah, but yeah, the daily trip to the like gym. Like, even little stupid things like, you know, like wheeling a wheelchair between two pieces of equipment and, you know, getting yourself properly positioned between, you know, a pulley system or something. I mean, it sounds stupid, but, I mean, these are things that, you know, most people don't consider. You, you know what? There, There is, there are some, you know, little things, but... Um, one thing that I have been blessed with is I'm really fortunate is with my injury is, um, I'm, I'm really mobile. Um, I could transfer in and out without any problem. I don't require much help. Uh, well, but then, of really, course, that, the, the muscle probably obviously massively helps 
Yeah, and I'm I'm really mobile, so a lot of stuff. If if there would be, if there are some issues, I mean, just you know, it'll just take me maybe like a minute or two longer. Like you said, those those little, uh, you know, kind of those little, uh, you know, spaces in between. There 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 may be a little bit some, but you know, so what? I'll just go around. You know, it'll you know take me fifty forty seconds longer to just come around the other way. But the only thing that does that I do always have issues with is is the restroom issues is when I do have to go take a piss, um, like I can't fit into other stalls. So unfortunately in a hardcore gym, most of the big male lifters can't fit anywhere else either. So (laughs) because being 295 pounds, I can tell you most, most bathroom stalls just don't jive with me. I have to use the handicap because in my own way, I'm handicapped too. So I have, I have no issues with it. Like it's fine. The only thing, the only problem I have is when, so, which has happened before is I have no issues with people using it because, like I said, I'm I, I make do. Just don't give me a hard time when I'm right in front of the sink where I have to do my business um, because I have to use a catheter. So you know I if there, I can't go anywhere, I just have to whoop it out and just use my catheter there. And there there's been issues where um, well just one time where you know somebody took up the uh, the handicap stall, so I had nowhere to go. And you know I'm when I don't know if you know, but when guys in chairs have to go, they have to go, like, or we're going to piss ourselves. And uh, so I was there just, you know, kind of doing my thing, and he gets out the handicap stall, and he's just like, hey, you know, there's kind of, there's other stalls. And I said, hey, I can't fit in other stalls. You took the one that I fit in, and and we had a whole confrontation, and, you know, I... You know, I thought I was going to have to fight the guy. Well, again, but this is the kind of, I mean, I, I, I certainly don't blame somebody for not understanding the, the, you know, the details of what you're saying. But what I would, you know, have a problem with is, is that, again, going to what I was saying before, that most people don't just don't consider, you know, the challenges that, you know, certain individuals yeah. have for in certain situations. And just to kind of fly off the hook, you know, without, again, first backing up and kind of considering, you know, that maybe this person, you know, has some, you know, some, thing is that he has to consider that I don't. Right. Imagine yourself in, in their position. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, it's, it's you know, I know a lot of people would like to say, oh, yeah, you know, that guy's in a wheelchair and, you know, so you got to give the guy some space. But, I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like, a lot of people just don't consider to the full extent that some people have challenges. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. uh, so, yeah, and, no, that's, that's an interesting point. And I understand that. And I understand that. That's why I don't, I don't get mad. I don't, you know, I don't, when people take it up, I don't. I don't say anything. I'm fine with it. Just the only issue I have is when I when I do use when I do do my own thing and is when people confront me because of of just like when people take the um, take the handicap spots. I have no issue with it. I'll just park somewhere else. I mean, I'm strong guy, so I could just it's no issue for me to roll, you know, to park a couple yards away and then just but sometimes I get, you know, slack for it because I have to double park. Like the reason I double park is because so I have room for my wheelchair because I don't want to hit your car. So, but I've had people like get mad at me because I'm taking up two spaces and I try to explain to them that I have to park here because there's no handicap accessible uh, parking. It's all taken up and I have to double park so I don't hit your car. And right. it's just it's just little things like that that just kind of get to me that you know I have to explain myself to everybody right. when they ask why why I do this or why I do that you know and give me an attitude with it. So. Right. Well, you know, hey, I, I gotta I, let me let me ask a quick question about sure. the gym since we were just talking about you know getting around in the gym and everything. 
do you train with other wheelchair bodybuilders ever, Adelfo, or or no? Um, I, I I'd like to. I mean, it's just we're all so spread out. There's not mm-hmm. much there. There's not much of us. So yeah. most of the time, I I really haven't had the opportunity to train with a with um a, another guy in a chair. So mostly, I just train with able bodies. Gotcha. Is there is there a professional ranking uh, in wheelchair bodybuilding? Yeah, there's um. There was actually the first uh, IFBB Pro show this past October in oh. at Houston Pro. Um, there's about I'd say there there's a little community of us. There's there um, bodybuilders and there's about I'd say fifth I'd I'd like to say fifteen, sixteen pros. Okay. Well, it sounds like you certainly have a shot at that. Is that something that you want to pursue? Yeah, that's that's something I, I really do. I mean, I know it's. It, it's it's not something that I make my priority, but I I I said it. It's a it's a goal I want to accomplish. You know right. whether, well, you know when I get it, whether I do anything with it. But it's just right now. It's it's something cool that I think would be something just you know to say I did. You know. You know I would think, and I'm I'm kind of just uh, again veering off from what we're just talking about. But I was just thinking, you know, um, for for somebody who's even fully ably bodied. Um, you know, and you get really into it. There's always people that are going to, um, you know, almost mock or put down the things that you're doing, whether it be the diet or the training or so forth. And you kind of get a sense that they're actually mostly upset that you make them feel bad because they know that they can't do it. And I would think, um, I think, I think Lonnie and Phil probably know what I'm talking about. You know, that you can almost sense that it's not really about what they're talking about. It's more that they're, you know, trying to like push onto something else, their dissatisfaction that they can't actually get off their butt and do something. Well, I think I think it's human nature. A lot of times, when someone looks at a bodybuilder, I think whether he's in a wheelchair or not, to kind of say, you know, oh, that's just steroids, or oh, that's this, or that's that, some kind of uh, defense mechanism in a way. Yeah, because right. you know, yeah, they don't want to admit that Adelfo, you know, he's ripped to shreds and he's got eighteen-inch guns, and you know, they can. Well, this is where I'm going with this, Lonnie, the whole idea that, you know, I've certainly have felt that from people in the past. I'm sure you have as well, and Phil. Um, but when you're, if you're in a wheelchair and doing it, I would think you might even encounter that even more intensely because now people have, they're, they're getting hit from two different angles. Not and, only is this person like right, me. Despite my, ch- ch- right, despite his challenges, he still looks better than I do. I hate exactly. to cut you guys off, but I just thought of something funny. Um, usually when people see me and like say at the gym and they, they always refer to me looking the way I am is because I'm in a chair. They're like, wow, you know, you rolling around like that must really get your guns like that. And my mind's like, no, it's me training in the gym and dieting that gets me like that. Not me being in a chair. And you know, someone will crack a little joke. This is cool. It's funny. We'll say, man, I need to get me a wheelchair. Maybe I'll have guns like that. And then, uh, you know, I just smile, but. You know, in the back of my mind, it's like, no, it's not being pushing this wheelchair around. It, it's right. doing the same well, thing. Well, again, it's a, it's a deflection, right? Like, I get yeah. a lot of people, I've, I have a lot of people say things to me like, oh, well, you're re- you're really strong because you're big. And I've brought this up before, <laughs> right? And I always say, no, I'm really big because I'm strong. You know, it's the same thing, right? People are looking at you like, oh, you you have big guns because you push around a wheelchair. No, I have big guns because I push myself around in a wheelchair in a gym where I train my arms. Right, where I go over and curl 50-pound dumbbells till they're heat, till I... That, yeah, you know, that'd yeah. be like telling Platts, wow, wow, you got big legs, you must walk a lot. Right, <laughs> right. You know? right. right. 
Well, yeah, people, and this is kind of alludes to what I'm just the the whole thing of what I'm talking about. Where you know, there's people out there who who no matter what you do, and this is not just physical. This could be in business. This could right. be in, you know, they want to, right. you know, they want to. They want to somehow make themselves feel better that they're not the person doing it. So it's it's like that quote from Gene Simmons from Kiss once, and I always loved it. He said, you know, the only people who tell you can't do something are the people that who know they can't do it either. You know, and it's it's, it's true, you know. And I, I was just thinking because of your particular situation in Delphi that maybe you encounter that as, you know, like you say, people are saying, oh, well, you know, your arms are because you're pushing around a wheelchair. I mean, it's... You know, maybe somebody who doesn't train pushes himself around a wheelchair might have, you know, modestly more muscular arms than somebody else. But like Lonnie says, no, I mean, nobody's pumping their gun state 17, 18, 19 inches, you know, just because they're pushing themselves around a wheelchair. Yeah. 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 But like you said, it, it's probably like a mechanism. Like, like you guys just mentioned, you know, they're telling themselves that. So. Right. Yeah. And I can see the same thing would be true with dieting too. You know, how many guys are, you know, have uh you know are ripped to shreds you can see their serratus and their abs and everything I, f- fewer and fewer every every day every year it seems like you know yeah, so well, you think you're just it, a standout you're a standout because of what you've chosen to do yeah you're sitting around a table right everybody's like okay who wants freaking ice cream you know and you're like no th- none for me thanks you know and the person who has the biggest bowl beside you is the one that's ripping on you because you're not eating anything you know what i mean it's like yeah you know, it's like, well, what is it? What does this have to do with you? You know, this is, I'm not, I'm not telling you not to eat ice cream. I'm well, just, I know we're out of, I know we're out of time here, but you know, something yeah, Chris Shugart always says, I think is finally, he'll say people like that, they'll look at you and they'll say, get a life. It's like, really? <laughs> what, what life is that you'd like me to have? Yours? You pudgy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's true, you know, and, and, and I always, I, I hate that phrase. I hate that phrase in any context, you know. Uh, you know, the person needs to get a life. The person needs to get his own life. The person, it's like, you know, life was what is, you're, you're living life as it's happening. And I mean, you know, it, it's just such a horribly arrogant thing to say to anybody else, you know what I mean? Like, I'm married and blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, cause cause it, it, it to- insinuates that, right, that I've got the good beat on things. You're somehow maladjusted. You know? I mean, I have, I mean, you know, I'm 42 and I've never been married. I don't have children, right? So I, I've actually had people say to me, you know, you know, it's time to settle down and get yourself a life. And I'm like, wow. So I don't even know how to respond though, to that. No, I think it's just social standards. Like, is that, is, is, it's just, that's just the standard. That's why people think that they have to do something at a certain age. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, we got to wrap it up, guys. All yeah. right. Now, Adelfo, um, Good luck to you as well, and keep in touch with us for sure. Uh, Definitely. Being a part of the Iron Radio Brotherhood, and uh, let us know how you're doing in your. And I, I really had a, I really had a fun time just talk uh, talking shop with you guys, man. It was really fun. Oh, well, you as well. we had loved having you on. All right, anyway, guys. Folks, uh, have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. 
Hey, IronRadio.org listeners, this is Lonnie Lowry, and I'm just bringing you a sneak peek only for Iron Radio listeners at this point. If you Google CRC Press, Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y, and Protein, you can be some of the first people on the planet to see this book. It's specifically for strength athletes, everything on the safety of high-protein diets, the efficacy, the dosing, the types practical applications and case studies. This is a textbook. It's not what I would call an industry book. This is not pseudoscience. This is the state of the art science. And if someone wants to critique you on your extra protein intake, this will be something you can hold up and say, this is what the liter- literature says about stressed kidneys or bone loss or gout or dehydration or increased muscle mass over time or leanness or what types are best. This is the ultimate source in one place. Little disclosure here, I do make a single digit percentage of royalties on this book. It's such a low amount, however, obviously I haven't done it for that purpose. I did it because like you, I wanna have something I can hold up in one place that's modern literature instead of what perhaps a health educator might tell you about the benefits and the potential concerns, if there are any, on ample protein diets specific to a population like ours. Thank you. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.